Welcome to the Chasing Passion Podcast. My name is Dom and I'm your host. Each week, I bring on a passionate person to help you discover your own passion in life and how to begin pursuing it. Thanks for spending some time with me today and let the episode begin. Welcome to another Chasing Passion episode. So in this episode, we are joined by Zach Robinson. Zach is a gaming YouTuber and an entrepreneur. He's heavily involved with the strategy game Age of Empires and he's one of the few people who's actually brought the game Age of Empires back to the community and has greatly increased the game's popularity. Zach's channel, which is called Zero Empires, has over 100,000 subscribers on YouTube and over 35,000 followers on Twitch. He's currently working on his new project, which is called Escape Gaming, which provides a complete start-to-finish hosting and broadcasting service for eSports-specific events, whether they're online or offline. Escape Gaming hosted an Age of Empires 2 tournament at Gamescom 2017, which was the largest gaming convention in the world, with over 300,000 attendees over at the event. In this episode, some of the things we discuss are how Zach actually started out in YouTube, his typical day as a full-time gaming YouTuber, and the importance of doing what you love and going for it. And without further ado, let's get right into the episode. Zach, welcome to the show. Hello, thanks for having me. Thank you so much for coming on. So I guess I, I always ask this question uh, to the guests, like what is your background and who are you and what do you do? Can you just provide some context behind uh, who you are? Sure. So online, I'm better known as Zero Empires. Um, been involved in the Age of Empires 2 community for a very long time now, since uh, sort of 2011. And what I do is originally I created Age of Empires 2 YouTube videos. Uh, my goal was just to entertain people and sort of spread the word about the game, uh, that it's still around, that people can still play it and are actively playing it. And uh, since then, it's sort of grown into being more than just myself and, and just, you know, making YouTube videos from my bedroom. Uh, nowadays, we're running a sort of broadcast studio where we host esport events and we get people from the community from all around the world together to play on LAN and we broadcast that out uh, from a more professional environment. Cool. And so when did you actually begin um, doing these videos and just playing Age of Empires in general? Like when, what, what made you, you know, become Zero Empires? Sure. I mean, when I was very young. Uh, I played the game uh, on the weekends and I had this you know, huge love for the game. Right. And it took a few years because I, I sort of lost touch with the game and the community. Um, after Microsoft, they shut down the servers and everything and the game sort of went a bit dead. Um, I, I didn't know that uh, there was still an active player base. And when I came to searching for it online about you know, seven or eight years later, I figured, oh, maybe there's still someone out there playing Age of Empires. I should look into this mm. since, you know, it's a childhood memories and all that. And uh, found out that there actually was a community of people playing online. Uh, they'd sort of, you know, created their own game clients. They had uh, found a way to matchmake and it was, you know, pretty small, but it existed. And I joined that community and started picking up playing the game again. That was about 2010. Um, so nine years ago now. And then since right. then, I decided, well, I, I want other people to, to find out about this because so many people know and have played Age of Empires 2. Of course. So being able to try and spread the word, yeah, that was that was the goal. Hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll touch on that later on the podcast. But for now, I kind of want to get more of an intro into your uh, background and what do you like, what you, what kind of person were you, you were um, 
younger or even now. So I guess, uh, what did you want to do when you were younger? Like, did you have any, like, um, a dream career maybe, like a dream job? Sure. Like, what, what did you want to do when you were younger? Yeah, m- my dream was to be a pilot in the Royal Air pilot. Force. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to fly uh, jet engines, uh, jet planes. And, you know, I actually went quite far down that track. Um, but, yeah, I have bad eyesight and I needed an operation which... Um, you know, makes my hearing kind of bad right now. So uh, that never really happened. And they were said, oh, well, you know, you could be a helicopter pilot. And I said, well, I don't want to be a helicopter pilot. I want to fly the the fast planes. So I kind of dipped out of that career path and then started going into uh, software engineering because uh, it was sort of a way to be creative and and try and make things and build things. And that's always something that's been interesting to me, uh, being able to build something from nothing. And when you say you were into software engineering, did you do this uh, by like your own self-education or did you attend college to do so? Uh, what's kind of the background behind that? It started, I mean, I've always been kind of into computers. Right. So, and I had friends who were also into, into computers and, you know, I heard about HTML one day many many years ago and uh started looking into it what it was about and i, I found out oh okay that's how you make web pa- web pages and sort of very self-taught in that respect but then my college had a um, software engineering course it was called computing back then but um they offered that and i joined it but most of what i would do with that was was done outside of the class it was extra because i just enjoyed it so much i enjoyed the ability to sit down at home and, and start building something my best friend at the time was really into it as well so we'd start these crazy projects together uh, many of which never really finished but it was really fun to just do it in our, in our free time and then i ended up going to university to study software engineering as well right and when you said you did lots of different projects, but you never finished one, did you ever finish a project? Like, do you have any like favorite projects that you finished uh, while you were doing software yeah. engineering? So, I mean, keep in mind I was young, um, right. kind of, you know, dumb, uh, didn't know much about the world. Uh, we created a pyramid scheme when we were, you know, in school. We didn't know what a pyramid scheme was. Um, it was a project that we did complete, and it was basically the the purest, rawest pyramid scheme you could get. It was uh, you pay pay a certain amount of money to join and everyone else who you get to join, you get a, a bit of their money as well. Um, you know, we, we had no idea what we were doing. And then we ended up uh, finding this list of, I think it was over 150,000 emails, um, which we downloaded uh, semi-illegally, I guess. And <laughs> we, uh, we emailed every single one of those people about our amazing new website that we built uh, where you could make a lot of money and all this stuff. And uh, a couple of weeks later, we got in a lot of trouble. We got a letter through the door saying, you know, you need to stop this. Um, and we, we got very scared, as you can imagine, at that age. Like, oh, yeah. You know, um, you, you don't really know what you're doing. And suddenly you're getting threats of legal action and all this. So we just turned everything off. We shut it all down. And overnight we, you know, closed it all and, and hoped for the best we we didn't make any money from it really uh, i don't think anyone was foolish enough to sign up and pay mm-hmm. but we tried <laughs> and what age were you back then when you did this project uh, probably 14 15 14 15 oh wow yeah. <laughs> you got yourself um yeah okay and you said also you you were on track of being to being a pilot and so i'm curious to know what were you doing uh, like to become a pilot what what kind of things were you working on sure yeah, uh, I was in the Air Cadets in the UK, and right. 
Um, it's a great place to start if you if you're interested in that kind of thing because they do special courses where you can learn a lot. Um, we we did I did a BTEC essentially, which is like a you know an alternative um, qualification in the UK, and that allowed me to get a lot of knowledge from you know real pilots, real people in in the RAF uh, who would pass that along and, and we did a lot of different areas of study including things like you know how the airfield works uh, aircraft recognition um, how internal combustion engines work how jet engines work and at the same time we got the opportunity to go flying um, at our nearest RAF base where they they offered the ability to go in a two-seater uh, propeller plane and sit yeah. with a real pilot and we would do aerobatics and they'd let you fly the thing yourself um, so it was an amazing experience, and and it's, I, I still to this day think it's one of the best things that the youth can do in 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 terms of like youth clubs and things, uh, because it teaches a lot of things about discipline and self respect and you know looking out for uh, your your um, your colleagues and and building a team. It, it's so valuable. And when I have the time, my intention is to go and volunteer to to help the, the air cadets because I think they do a really good job. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, you know, the young people in general should do these kind of things because it does teach you discipline, does teach you, you know, how to look after your life in a more disciplined way and we can all benefit from it. And I'm curious to know, oh, definitely. what kind of person were you actually in school? Um, if you could <laughs> remember sure, that sure. time. Of that uh, time. I, was, I think I was two different people in school. I mean, when I was a lot younger, I would was very sort of nerdy and geeky. And, you know, I wanted to do my homework at lunchtime and right. get it out the way so I could have my, my free time at the end of the day. I think that was my, my parenting, which <laughs> sort of uh, distilled that in me. But uh, as, I, as I became more socially aware, I sort of, you know, I think everyone has that sort of maybe rebellious period. Um where you know you you experience a lot of new things and i found a new friend group and i I really enjoyed that time actually i was very into partying and and trying new things and um, definitely enjoyed breaking out of this uh very sort of focused like academic route that i was on right and zach what would you say you're currently most excited about is there anything that comes to mind any like projects that you're working on, like in personal life, okay. you know, in your YouTube, whatever. Like, what are you currently most excited about? I think, I mean, in terms of what I'm doing right now, the thing I'm most excited about is is the future of of Age of Vampires as a, as a whole. Um, those listeners that may not be aware of the game or something, you know, the, the game is 20 years old, Age of Vampires 2, and there's a new remaster coming out this year, and in a couple of years, we anticipate the new, brand new Age of Empires game coming out. So this should all be really momentous stuff for for me and for the other people in the Age of Empires mm. community. So, you know, for from a game that's been abandoned and then picked up by the community and, you know, a tiny number of people keeping it alive to now have the recognition of, of you know, the international community and, and so many people uh, really hyped about these games, which have been you know announced at E3 and Gamescom, is just awesome to see because it could have easily gone the other way. It could have died out and it could have just faded into nothing. But that small number of a group of people who kept it alive and started promoting it, I, I feel like it's come such a long way from there, and it's it's really amazing to see that. Yeah, absolutely, and I think you're definitely one of those people who promoted it and made the game 
come back alive, I guess. And actually, where do you see Age of Empires going? Um, so you said, you know, it's 20 years ago it, re- it was released, but where do you see the game going in the future? Ooh, that is hard to say. Um, obviously, my prediction is going to be very biased because I want to see it succeed. Right. Uh, but yes, I think it's, it's difficult because there, there are a huge number of players uh, of the game, but since it's an RTS game, uh, it's always limited in terms of its reach. Uh, I'd be naive to say that it would ever become as big as like, you know, CSGO or Dota 2 or some other major franchise. Um, but I, I definitely see a, an uptick in, in in player base and viewership, especially, well, I certainly hope that a younger audience can get into this game. I think there's a lot of people in my generation and, and maybe you know, slightly older who are maybe even having children and introducing their kids to Age of Empires mm. because they've always had this in their life. Um, and it is one of those games that I think no matter how old it gets, it will still be pretty and it will still have a player base because it's just a classic. And, you know, much like music, in a way, uh, you have the classics. And as much as music changes and develops, you can always go back to the classics and you can always appreciate the classics. And I think the same will be true uh, of video games. Mm. And were you actually always um, into Age of Empires or did you play any other games or was it just always Age of Empires, Age of Empires? Actually, no. Uh, as I got a bit older, I, I started straying further from Age of Empires in terms of what I personally play. I still have a huge love for the game and I always will. Right. But in terms of playing it, it's it's one of those things. When you play it casually, it's the most fun thing in the world. But as soon as you start to learn how the game is played sort of more competitively, you sort of have this expectation of yourself that you play to a certain standard and that means that when you sit down and play it's no longer casual fun it's more sort of serious and you know i have to be good enough uh, to not let my teammates down and i have to you know i'm a known person in the community i can't play bad which means that you end up sitting down and it's one of those games where it's 110 percent focus for the duration of the game it could be 30 minutes to an hour but you don't get any breaks and so with life being the way it is now for me getting older and, and working more and spending more time away from home to come back in the evenings it's not the kind of game i actually want to sit down and play necessarily so yeah i, I do play a lot of other games uh, one of the big ones for me was team fortress 2 um mm. hugely into that uh, and and other shooting games csgo and dota 2 as well i was very into dota 2 for a while and then just you know in general other games that sort of are a bit older i guess like roller coaster tycoon any kind of management game simulation game uh, i always had a lot of fun with those and i'm also curious to ask you um are you currently just full-time gamer or do you have any other um jobs or whatever or do you fully support yourself through your youtube channel and all of your um twitch twitch and, and so on for a while, that was the case. Yeah, I was right. I was really focused on that, and I, that was what I was doing. Um, nowadays, obviously, we've we've transitioned over to doing escape gaming, which is sort of my my project, which we've got outside funding for. We're working with Microsoft on this as well um, to create tournaments and events that are a bit bigger than what someone could achieve on their own. Mm. Um, so that's what I do full time now. Um, if I ever want a fallback or something, then I, I think, you know, going back to YouTube and Twitch is something I would do. But for the time being, obviously, um, being able to work on a bigger project with more people and, and create larger events is definitely more interesting and something which I think will push the game forward long term as well, because it's about trying to push the game forward 
in a way that is not really possible um, just on your own. So I support myself through through the business um, and and working on that now. And this escape um, thing, the project you're working on, what exactly mm -hmm. is that? Is that just a way to set up uh, competitions for other players? Or what exactly is that, if you don't mind providing some context behind that too? Yeah, it's uh, it's multifaceted really. Um, so originally it started out that uh, we would just organize tournaments and we would stream them on our escape channel as well. And we found that that was really well received. A lot of people enjoyed the events that we did and we had a great viewership. So um, the, the people who I'm working with behind the scenes who are, who are sort of funding a lot of this expansion, they are big fans of the game. They really enjoyed what we were doing at the start with, mm. with the weekend events that we were doing. Um, and so we sort of expanded that into hosting um, actual LAN events at physical locations. So we built a studio. Um, we basically converted a, an empty warehouse into uh, three stages with cameras and sound and lights and everything. Um, and it's a place where we can actually bring um, players to compete face-to-face, -face, which is something which is is always special. It's, it's always more important impressive and more uh, amazing to see the players sitting across from each other while they play um, and there's definitely no complaints about lag or anything like that because they're they're playing over the network so that kind of stuff is is a bit more special and that's kind of the focus of escape now so it's gone it's graduated from just being an event organizer to being more of a you know a physical location and a studio space where we can broadcast and obviously continue to organize events for that space Right. Okay. Thank you for that. And I'm curious to know what actually got you into um, producing your first video, producing, uh, like starting to stream your gaming experience. Like, is there anyone who influenced your life? If if yeah. anyone comes to mind. Yeah, there was actually um, Total Biscuit. Um, Total I'm Biscuit. sure many will, would remember him. Um, he was streaming, or not streaming, rather, he was making YouTube videos about StarCraft Two, and I used to watch them. I, I never played StarCraft 2, and I used to watch these videos, and I used to love it so much. I got so invested in the competitive StarCraft 2 scene because of him. And at the same time, I was playing Age of Empires 2. I'd recently rediscovered that there was a small community around the game. And I thought, well, you know, StarCraft 2 is, is extremely popular. It's right. got this amazing scene around it, this like esports scene. And I, my dream was to try and see that in Age of Empires 2 because I think it's a great game. I think it's a very it's a very competitive game. The skill ceiling is extremely high, and I wanted to share that with with people and and try and a aware uh, sorry a to uh, build awareness of the game, but secondly to try and bring that esports sort of feel to it as well and present it in a way which people could get excited about Age of Empires, which. I was inspired by through Total Biscuits videos for, for StarCraft 2. Shout out to Total Biscuit. <laughs> and if we yeah, for sure. jump, back, jump back to your first uh, video release, your first YouTube video release, what were you feeling? Like, why did you, why did you do it? Yeah, I mean, it, it was probably a spare-of-the-moment thing as well. Right. Um, there were actually a couple of Age of Empires 2 YouTube creators at the time. There was um, Illuminate, now known as Resonance 22. He's still active making content. And there was a guy called Mr. Danish who stopped creating content a little while before I started. 
and I think he stopped because he was ill or something and you know he never never came back to to continue making videos um, and I'm not sure what happened to him in the end but I sort of saw this this void in which there were people creating content but now they're not anymore right. and I wanted to try and fill it I wanted to step in and maybe just try uh, it was one of those things you you don't know if you don't try and I wanted to to sit down I wanted to to just do this thing obviously I'd been inspired I'd seen others doing it total biscuit was was the the man at the time and I was like okay well it was almost like an imitation you know let me let me be total biscuit for age of empires too and so I sat down one day and I recorded a commentary I knew very little about the game from a competitive standpoint right. but I just did it and I kept on doing it and I kept on doing it and I just had fun. Um, I, I found that while I was doing it, I was really enjoying myself. And even though at the time it was a huge pain in the ass to like actually record these videos and upload these videos, like render them and edit them. It took me like almost a whole day to get a video online because of how slow the Internet was and how bad my laptop was. But I was having fun. And so, you know, at that time it was it was all about just trying something new. And, and I found that when I tried it, I, I liked it. I absolutely love that story because I think it's so important just to like, you know, find out what you love and then give it a go. See see what happens. And that's exactly what you did and look where it led you. You're you're doing yeah, this exactly. pretty much full time. So <laughs> I think it's really important to, you know, just whatever you find, just kinda of go after it and see what happens. Like and yeah. <laughs> you can't lose. And No, you can't lose. And I, I think that the problem is in a lot of cases is is that it's so easy to dwell. On, mm. on what you could do. It's very easy to say, mm, yeah, I could do this. this. This is a good idea. And then think about it and, and sit on it and think about it. Mm. But I, th I think one thing I've learned over, over doing this was a lot of time and obviously starting these new projects, uh, which have been bigger as well, is you, you don't know until you do. And you have to actually get started because you could spend a long time dwelling on it and then do it and realize it's not for you. And then it's almost like that time is wasted. Um, it, it's better to just, just start and then you'll figure out the rest along the way. Absolutely, 100%. And did you have any fears when you released your video? Did, did you have any fears that you faced um, when you started producing content? I'm curious to know if you did. Definitely. I think there was always, I mean, when you expose yourself on, on the internet, it's quite daunting. You know, you, you, you're giving a little bit of yourself to the internet and who knows what they're going to do with it. Um, at the time, I was probably a lot more naive as I was, you know, a lot younger. Mm. But there's always that fear of being judged, I think, you know, what other people are going to think. Um, and and it's, it wasn't really a major thing until maybe later because I was doing it for fun and I didn't really care so much what people thought. I knew I wasn't particularly insightful uh, regarding the game. I knew I wasn't particularly good at the game. Right. And I did it because I wanted to, you know, entertain in a way. But as I continued on, I became more aware of the fact that, you know, I will be judged for this and the content that I do create, people will be critical of it. So that, that definitely played a part as time went by. And how did you actually overcome these fears? Did you just have a mindset, that, okay, I'm just going to produce this no matter what other people think? Or like, what was your kind of mindset uh, as to like overcoming these fears? I think if there's a criticism or, or, or you know, if, if the fear is of, if, if the fear is that people would judge me for it in a negative right. way, then I, I think, you know, it's probably because there's a valid criticism somewhere. Mm. And that criticism may have been something like, oh, this guy sucks. He doesn't know anything about the game. 
And if you look at that objectively, like that's actually kind of true at the time that was true. So I think the best way to, for me at the time to get over that sort of challenge was to actually learn about the game, actually invest time into getting better because there's one thing to blindly just post content and have fun. That's, that's great. But right. if the criticism was of, of the, the quality or the knowledge, then obviously that's something I cannot, can actually do something about. So I spent a lot of time just trying to really learn the game, watching the game, um, asking questions, finding answers. And over time, I mean, it's not something that can happen overnight, of course, but over time, uh, I did learn a lot more and became more knowledgeable and, and able to cast the game in a more insightful way. And at no point did I become like an expert player, but I was able to at least have the insight that could explain some of the reasons why certain things were being done. And I'm curious to know when you when you mentioned uh, you learn you try to learn the game and try and improve and just genuinely understand how the game works. I'm curious to know how much time did you actually spend doing so? Because a lot of people, like you know, they see like a big following on on YouTube and Twitch, and they believe like, oh, this happened overnight. But like like you said, it didn't. You were you were initially bad at the game, but then you invested some time into actually learning the skills necessary to succeed. So I'm curious to know, like, what what was your kind of um, like, how much time did you spend um, learning the game and so on? Yeah, that's actually really hard to say. Uh, it was a lot of time. Because, right. you know, I'd, I'd, I'd play a lot and I would certainly, tr I mean, normally I wouldn't count just playing the game as, as learning. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously you are learning, but you have to actively try to learn. You have to actually actively think about what you were doing. So before I tried to improve at the game and learn more about the game, I wasn't really actively learning and thinking. But after that sort of change I decided when I was playing to to really think more about what I was doing in the game why I was doing it the decisions that my teammates and I was making and then also apply that to casting games and watching games as well it wasn't just oh he's doing this oh he's doing that I was actually trying to understand why and so it's really the shift in the way that you you consume in a way that yeah. the content so it was more of from a passive watching the game to an active watching the game. It's the same with listening. If you're passively listening to someone, you know, you hear what they're saying, but you're not really catching the meaning as well as if you are actively listening and trying to understand them. Yeah, 100%. I agree with that so much. And if we could, um, what, what, what was I going to ask you something? Oh, yeah. What advice would you give to a 20-year-old Seth? So if, if you had a chat with a 20-year-old Zach, um, what advice would you give him? Probably just don't get distracted so easily. Um, you know, it, at the time, it's very easy to to get distracted by a lot of things. Obviously, being young, um, there's a lot going on in life, a lot of changes going on. And there were a lot of ups and downs with the channel. Like there would be times where I would leave for, for some time and then come back and then leave again and come back. Mm. Um, so just having that like persistence to stick it out. I don't think I ever really got truly demotivated i knew it was something i wanted to continue to do but something that i should have probably done more is try and be a bit more organized try and schedule a bit better um and, and create a bit of a better structure for for myself and the channel um but that's something that sort of supersedes just the channel i think that's something that could have benefited me in life in general uh, as everything at the time was very chaotic and you mentioned that you never were really demotivated in the work that you do right now. But what 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 motivates you right now? Like, what are you motivated by? Like, what gets you out out of the bed in the mornings? Sure. I mean, 
the motivation is really just from it's it's kind of hard to explain i i think a lot of it at the moment is is trying to overcome the challenge i i really enjoy a challenge i i think mm. and that that's i think why content creation is is so interesting and so limitless because you can always do better you know it's not like there's an objective it's not like math where you know if you get the right answer congratulations you did it right um there's always room to improve and so it's, it's trying to constantly seek that improvement which is to me the motivating factor like being able to think okay how can we make this better like we we've given this everything we think this is the best it can be but there's always going to be a way to make it better um and so that's that's the main motivator i think right i see and i'd like to segue into your actual career your life in general so i'd like to ask you what is your what does your typical day look like and um, like when you wake up in the morning to the time you go to bed like what does your day look like on a typical basis because of course not not every day is the same uh yeah sure i mean it, it depends sort of like so, so the the work schedule depends on um what's going on at the time if we have like mm -hmm. a big event coming up then we generally get up earlier go to work earlier and i actually live with three other guys who work for me uh we, we're living in the same house make it easier for ourselves since <laughs> um two of them have come from uh well one from australia and, and one from portugal so uh much easier for us to be under one roof while we start this project up but uh, we typically would leave for work about 10 in the morning and then well we we come back at whatever time we we sort of get exhausted really um in the run-up to an event, we could be there for 10 to 14 hours. Um, on more typical days where we're just sort of doing run-of-the-mill stuff, then we try and keep it uh, at least, you know, sort of eight hours because we kind of, well, I, I personally think it's very important to try and have a structure, um, although what we're doing is quite chaotic and the timings on when we go in and when we leave can vary quite a lot. It's still good to kind of have that structure where you know okay well we're not going to be at work for 10 hours 12 hours every day we're, we're going to at least be there for eight and then uh, we'll pick up where we left off off the next day so th at the moment i mean i would love to say like oh we go in at nine we finish at five and that's it but no it really is all over the place it's it's not really a, a fixed thing but i think that's also kind of rewarding because you never like no not every day is the same so you're always doing something different which i think is pretty cool like uh, like i personally don't like routine when, when it's like nine to five to a job you know i, I just feel like it's it gets boring so i, I kind of like the way you know there's no like real structure to to your day you just kind of go in whenever you want and depends on how long yeah. the work is you know you have to you have to do what you got to do but yeah, like depends on uh, on things like uh, deliveries as well. We get a lot of deliveries, so we have to be there early for the deliveries. Right. <laughs> but when it comes to like creative stuff, uh, I know that I and and some of the other guys they work better in the evenings for sure. So there'll be times when we on like the weekend, for example, we'll go in on a Saturday. We don't get deliveries on Saturday, so we'll go in at two p.m. and then we can work late because I know that we're all sort of more creative in the evening time. Hmm. And when you say work, I, I presume this is a the escape company or, or the project that you're working with at the moment. And what does that what does work involve? Like, what do you do within work when you when you get there? Oh, it's everything. Um, we were a small team, so right. we have to we have a lot of overlap with what we do. Um, for example, from my perspective, um, I'm running the business, but I'm also the sound guy, I'm the website guy, I'm the the video guy. Um, so we do a lot of different things. Um, a lot of it is, is sort of overcoming 
problems. We none of us have had experience with creating a, a building a studio before. Like mm -hmm. we, we have experience in certain areas such as like uh, video and things like that, but we haven't built a studio ourselves. So going into it, we had to learn a lot and we learned by doing. Um, if it was, for example, okay, we want to get a camera to uh, film this this position and the uh, PC where we're, we're processing the, the image is 20 meters away. How are we, how are we gonna hook, hook it up? Um, so a lot of it involves going up ladders, running cables, um, building things, making rigs that just sort of you know work uh, somehow. And then when things don't work, we, we obviously have to figure it out. So yeah, it's very much a lot of trial and error with, with building the studio and, and what we've, we've done there. And then when we're not sort of working on the, the physical studio space, uh, I personally have to do like all the, the accounting and, you know, manage all of the, the payment stuff and, and budgeting and all of that, which is kind of boring, but has to be done. Right. And then we have to do uh, things like sort of planning, a lot of planning involved in terms of, you know, the show and all, all of that stuff. If we have a big event going on, then there's a lot of communication that goes on between players and casters since we have to organize getting a lot of people into one place so for the last event we did we had 14 players and uh, five casters so we had to arrange 21 flights 21 you know hotel rooms accommodation for them transport once they arrived in the uk from all over the world and uh, make sure that they're comfortable and, and accommodated hmm. And I'd like to ask you, so you first, you, you began your career as a gamer, would I, would I be correct, just by making YouTube videos, by uh, streaming online and so on? Yes, that's right. And how did you transition from being a university student to being a full-time gamer? Okay, so with YouTube and Twitch at the time, I was one of the only or, or very few uh, people making Age of Empires 2 content. Right. And it grew very organically. It grew very slowly at first. Um, but as as things picked up, I, I definitely noticed that there was the opportunity to earn a reasonable amount. I mean, it would have been enough to survive mm. uh, from YouTube and Twitch. And I figured that if I were to transition into doing it full time, then I could probably increase the revenue a little bit from from streaming and from making the videos um, and it would be enough to sustain myself and so that's what I, I decided to do I decided to take that jump um, but I was only really able to do it because it had reached the point where that became possible um, after maybe two and a half three years of sort of doing it in my free time and did you ever drop out of college or did you fully like um fully finish your degree and then did you go on to gaming or was this in between or how did it go like what was the kind of time period when that happened yeah i actually dropped out um and the the reason for dropping out was not because i wanted to pursue this career right um it, it, although this was something in the back of my mind that I could do, uh, the reason for dropping out was actually because I simply wasn't enjoying my time at university um, and the studies. Um, and I think a lot of that comes down to the way it's taught and, and the content of what's being taught. But when you go to university with a huge passion for, you know, creating software and doing it in all, in, you know, in your free time, wherever you could, mm. uh, that's that was me. Um going to university and then within about three months absolutely losing all of the passion and you know motivation to do it i feel like that speaks a lot about perhaps the way it was taught and the way it was approached at the university um 
I feel like it, it definitely killed my my enthusiasm for the topic. Um, I don't know if that's just because I was maybe naive and it opened my eyes to what it's really going to be like in the in the real world. Um, but I realized it wasn't for me, and I didn't want to spend two and a half years for the sake of getting a degree to have a degree for something that I really just didn't see myself doing long term. And yeah, it's something I never really looked back on. Um, I still have the ability to to you know program and and stuff on a more basic level now. Uh, but, you know, I make our websites and things like that uh, to this day. But it's not something that I could ever see myself doing as a full-time career. So after dropping out, I continued, obviously, to focus more on the YouTube and Twitch channel mm. since it was a revenue source. Um, and I was able to sort of grow it over that time period um, to, to where I could sort of sustain myself a little bit. And I absolutely love that. Like, you you didn't see that it's, you know, going to help you in the future, so you're just kind of well not that not that you just quit but you had a reason to quit and you've you've fully committed to doing youtube and twitch which i think is so important because a lot of people don't even take the leap so i think i think that's really amazing to hear and I'm, like if if there's someone out there who wants to become a full-time gamer or is currently in un- university maybe or just wants to start start their own youtube channel any project for that matter and generate an income for themselves so they don't have to go to a job what advice would you give to such an individual who wants to like I guess reach the level of success that you have? I think the education is really important. Mm. Um and I, I wouldn't ever give the advice to someone to to drop their education to to make a leap of faith mm. necessarily. Um I think that you have to show promise before you take that leap. I, I don't think that you should be you know, dropping out of university to to work full time on a YouTube channel that has got no proof of concept. Um, the only reason I was able to do it is because I already had built up uh, a proof of concept in a way. You know, I'd already proven to myself that on a smaller scale this is working, and if I were to increase the amount of time I spent on it, then you know it could reasonably reach a level that I could support myself with. Um, so I think you, you, you have to be able to, you have to be in a position, um, where you're perhaps not a hundred percent, um, but you're at least sure that if you continue in that direction, uh, you can be successful. So you have to be very real with yourself. Um, a lot of people, for example, if they want to be professional gamers, they might be very good at the game, but they might not really be in a position where if they switch to it full time, they could suddenly start earning revenue from it. Mm. And obviously in that case, having an education is is a great fallback to have because that's something no one can take away from you. And this industry of, of gaming and, and you you know creating content is very competitive and it can absolutely uh, be taken away from you if you you know go on the wrong side of YouTube and and you know get your channel taken down or if you're just you know, one day you're perhaps in a team where you're winning a tournament and, and you're earning some money. The next day the team drops you and you don't have any a team anymore and you're suddenly not in the position to earn money from prizes or anything like this. So, mm. you know, it's, it's great to have the fallback. Uh, but if you do want to take that jump, then I think you really need to be sure that if you were to commit the time, that it's there's a, light, a very high likelihood you can succeed. Right. So to calculate the risk, I guess. Yeah, and, definitely. And definitely. Someone like there's a lot of people out there who want to become YouTubers, who want to become gamers, and especially this is like especially among young people. And how do you know if mm-hmm. it's for you? Like, how do you know if you, if if you, if you should actually pursue? Because like you know, I feel like a lot of people just look at the video and think, "Oh, I'm gonna be this person," because I, I think that's really cool and it's easy and <laughs> yeah, so on. Yeah. But I'm sure it's not easy. I'm sure there's a lot of difficult parts in in the in the beginning, especially. I'm sure 
difficult parts in the process, like making videos, editing videos, like all these things take time. But like people just see, you know, a lot of subscribers and like, okay, this guy just did it very easily. But if you if you don't mm-hmm. mind mentioning, like, what are some of the difficult things that you have to endure? That's part of the job that you know that other people should look out for. Because like, yeah. So how do you know if it's if gaming's for you? I guess that's my question. <laughs> sure. Uh, I, well, I mean, you you have to be very persistent because you, you can't ever ex- you can't expect anything. I think if you go into it with high expectations, then you will be disappointed most of the time uh, because you need to be willing to to grind for a long time before you start getting anywhere. I have a good friend, um, and he wanted to start this YouTube channel, and I told him, you know, just go for it. If you're doing it in your free time, why not? And so he did, and he made, I think. 500 600 videos and at the end of that he still didn't really have a following he still didn't really have any viewership on his videos Mm. and it's not necessarily because they were bad videos or that he was making bad content it's that i think nothing that he was doing differentiated himself from from everyone else so i think it's very important that you're willing to be persistent but you also you have to find something that that makes what you're doing special or different in a way Um, if you just see a, a YouTuber or a, a, a Twitch streamer and you say, oh, I want to be like them, then I don't think that's good enough. I think you have to bring something new to the table. Um, with Twitch, it's perhaps a little different. I think, you know, if, you're, if you've got a good personality and you can entertain people, then, you know, that's something that's within you and something that you don't necessarily have to be completely original, but you've got to be creative enough to come up with your own material. Um, and you know, in that case, some people are very natural at that and some people are not. Um, when it comes to YouTube, it's a little different. Obviously, when it comes to, to uh, uploading videos, thousands and thousands of videos are update, uploaded every day. If you want to be seen, you, you've got to do something that's going to catch the eye. and it's, You've got to do something that's genuinely good quality. Um, so, yeah, th- that's the, really the challenge, right? Like finding your niche, uh, finding something that um, people are interested in and, it's possible. It's always possible. Um, there's a lot of content that's that's coming out that's new that is fresh and and different, and it's always possible to find it. Uh, you just have to find that thing that works for you. Hmm. And what was the most like? What what were the difficulties involved with gaming? Like, and did you like? Was it editing maybe for you? Maybe was it like recording uh, videos? Right. Like, what was difficult about it? Yeah, difficult. I mean, I had a lot of difficulties with editing for sure. I mean, when I was new to this, I I didn't really know what I was doing at all. And then as I became more familiar with editing software and I upgraded it, I was, you know, became better at it. But that's something that you do over time. Um, Difficult. Other difficulties were definitely at the start, like getting noticed, I guess. Um, Mm. It it really was something that I I was doing for fun. So I, I guess I didn't really have any expectations about how many viewers I would get or something like this. But, um, yeah, I mean, obviously, I, I was trying to promote the channel, and, and it wasn't very successful. But I kept on doing it, and that eventually led to some success. So getting noticed is hard. That's definitely a, a challenge. Um, but in terms of, like, technical difficulties, um, when I started, at least, I had really bad hardware. So, I mean, I had an old laptop, and we had very slow internet uh, dial-up. Uh, not dial-up, sorry, broadband, but it was basically like dial-up upload speed Mm. uh, because it was so slow. Um, And so it used to take so long to make videos. Um, 
It would it would take me a long time to edit them because I was bad at editing. It would take me half a day to render them because my PC was rubbish and often it would crash and I'd have to restart the ed- the render. And then uploading them would take ages because the files were big and the internet was slow. So it was something that, you know, when you start something like this, you're never going to have the best tools to do it with. And you have to sort of persevere and improvise with what you have. Um, and one of the things that I did with my first YouTube paycheck uh, was to get better stuff, um, get a better microphone, get a better PC, get a better internet connection. Um, and all of this stuff took time to build up. Hmm. And I understand you're not doing this full time at the moment. You're, you're partially creating videos and content in general for YouTube and you're more focused on the project that you're working on now. Is that is that correct <laughs> before I move yeah, on? Yeah, that's correct, yes. Oh, grand, okay. And when you were doing it full time, like what was the part favorite part of the of the process? What was the favorite part of producing videos, producing content? Like what did you oh. enjoy the most, you know, when you yeah, were a full time gamer, fav- I guess? By far by far the most um the best part was releasing a new video, just putting it out there. You know, it, it, it's you get this sort of nervous feeling because it's something you've worked on. It's something that you hopefully, pardon me, should feel proud about um, and want to share. Mm. And if you're really happy with with something you've created and then you share it, that's the most exciting part because you don't know necessarily how people are going to respond you hope that they're going to respond well, they're going to enjoy it, and they're going to love it. But there's always that sort of, what if What if I went too far? What if What if it's not received well? Especially when I used to make some more sort of meme videos, you know, they were not always received too well, but I had a lot of fun making them. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, like, that's definitely the most exciting part, seeing the reception to the video, seeing if it's going to be a success, or if it's perhaps not going to be so successful, and maybe it's something you can learn from. And did you ever have a team behind you, maybe external contractors to help you manage your channel or edit your videos? Or was it just purely just you uh, behind Zero Empires and its content, I guess? It was, for a long time, it was just me. Right. Um, for, well, for the majority of the time. Um, and even right until you know I, I started doing the escape project it was me but there were always people who would help out a little bit later on uh, once i started doing twitch content there would be a lot of people who would help to moderate the channel um help to you know provide ideas and a little bit of like an inner circle that i could you know talk with and share ideas with and sort of get their feedback before necessarily working on a bigger project so those people are really valuable and and they sort of reveal themselves to you over time i never saw of sought after sort of like an outside contractor or anything to help Mm. Uh, but those people sort of came came up um, over time and how did you organize your time like was there a certain schedule that you had to release a video or did you just release a video whenever you felt like i'm just curious to know like what was the process in making your videos and releasing your videos and so on I, I try to keep a schedule. Um, obviously, real life gets in the way sometimes. But um, yeah, I mean, my, my goal was to try and release a new video every day. Every um, day, okay. Yeah, but that, that was kind of, you know, commentary videos, which is very sort of straightforward in terms of you sit down, you cast the game, and if you do a good cast, you can you can clip it, you can upload it, um, which in my opinion, you know, it feels like quite low, low effort content. Um, but when I was sort of, focused more on, on trying to make quality stuff and, and mm. you know, really, you know, focus on the editing and making content that, especially, you know, when, when things got more competitive on YouTube and Twitch with Age of Empires, um, you definitely have to create content that's going to stand out and 
just doing game commentary wasn't going to do that. So I tried to do about three videos a week at that point. Um, sometimes it would be closer to two. Um, but I was pretty happy with it because they were very successful and I could always punctuate the channel a bit with the with the commentary videos, which took less time to edit and put together uh, while I was still working in the background on a more highly edited uh, video, which could be more educational or could be sort of like, you know, something a bit more like a, a showcase of a, a scenario or something like this. Right. So the high content videos were purely like, well, mostly educational and really providing value to the viewers like what what did the videos consist yeah. of was it just education like how to you know start the game or whatever like what were the videos? yeah that, that kind of stuff like sort of um i did i did some sort of um general knowledge videos sort of like interesting facts about the game which were really well received um and i also did some build order stuff um i created like a fast castle tutorial because it's one of the most important skills to learn in age of empires for new players um then it's funny because even today i uh i created this fast castle tutorial maybe four years ago now and whenever I go to some kind of Age of Empires meetup or something um, and people see me, they're like, oh, you're the guy that did the Fast Castle tutorial. It's like, yep, that's me. Because <laughs> I think that's that's something that so many people have, have actually done. And it's it's probably helped a lot of people to like get better at the game, which feels good. Absolutely. I know when I started, well, I started to play Age of Empires to see what what the fuss is about. I definitely, I was watching your videos, especially the Fast Castle video. So <laughs> I can definitely relate to that. And if we could jump back all the way to your first YouTube video or your first video or the, maybe the first few months, what would you do differently? If you knew, if you have all the knowledge you have now, what would you do differently to start off your channel? I'd not play music in the background. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the very first videos I had, I had this like really serious battle music. And I was like <laughs> taking it super seriously. Um, I I try and be more myself. You know, I think like. Uh, I was really influenced by other content creators at the time and I was more focused on trying to imitate them than be who I was. Um, and I think as time's gone by, I've you know focused more on just being myself. And I think that's something that probably would have benefited me from the start. And do you feel like that's advice you would give to many other people just to be yourself and just no matter what happens, just be be yourself and people will watch it in the future or like, you know. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Especially, especially in this day and age where content is so personal now, right? Like, yeah. you know, before the internet, before Twitch, YouTube, you'd watch TV or whatever and you'd be limited to what was shown. But now you have so much choice. You have, there's something for everyone. And it doesn't matter what your personality is like. I think that people will appeal to to other groups of people no matter what some people will obviously appeal to more but no matter you know what you are like there will always be people who are either like-minded or find you interesting to listen to or want to uh, talk to you or find your sense of humor funny uh, there's so many different types of people and, and so many different types of sense of humor and interests that it's great that you can actually try and find those people on Twitch or YouTube who appeal to you. And so I, I definitely think it's important to be yourself and, and just, you know, be open, uh, open-minded. Mm, yeah, hundred percent. And right now you do more like business kind of thing. So you do an escape project and what I'd be correct in saying it's more business as opposed to, you know, actual gaming. Yes, for sure. Um, yeah. Personally, I'm not really doing much gaming at all these days. Okay. 
Yeah, and I'd like to ask you, like, what do you prefer to do? Like, do you do you enjoy the business side of things even more as opposed to gaming? Do you because you always enjoyed building, like you always enjoyed, um, you know, yeah. software engineering. And I think business is very similar. Like, you get to build a physical product, so you're building Escape. So, and I'm curious to know, yeah. like, what side of things do you prefer to do? It, yeah, I mean, I, I love to to game. I love to play games, and you know, I, I wouldn't. Um, ever discount the opportunity to to go back to to making videos and things like this because it's something i do enjoy Mm. but for me it's definitely that like you say the building element um managing the company and and managing staff and having this team of people to try and create something special uh, that's really more motivating to me um definitely like i've always been very project driven if there's a project um that can you know take a lot of time i i give it everything um there's been times where you know i'm i'm working on the website or something for 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 escape and i'll stay up till 4 or 5 a.m because i'm like i can get this done tonight i'm so motivated to do this because it's just mm. going to be awesome when it's done so yeah there's just like just the ability to um create something is is for me um just awesome and i think creating and building out a business it's just one step um, above, in my opinion, uh, building out YouTube videos and, and YouTube content. Absolutely, yeah. I think like the whole process of you know making something from scratch is amazing, and then you get to see other people actually use your product, and you're like, wow, like that's so cool. Like I, I, I'm getting the same kind of I don't know. Like I love it so much as well. So that's why I'm like, curious to ask you, like, what's your, what are your kind of thoughts on it? Mm-hmm. And where are you going? Like, do you have a goal in mind? And like, where do you see yourself in five years? if there is such a thing <laughs> well i i hope in five years we're, we're doing well i mean the thing is what we're doing with escape is extremely extremely risky um this is the kind of project which i would not recommend myself to do um but i'm doing it because it's such a unique opportunity um escape is not something that's grown organically it's not something that we could have done uh off the back of of the youtube channel and the twitch channel um, on their own. Mm. The reason we're able to do this is because we have outside investment. And it's one of those things where you you get this investment, you try and make it work. And whatever happens at the end, you know, you, you've just done your best. And it's one of those things that's very, very unlikely to work. It's a very risky thing to try. So in five years time, if everything does go well, uh, we'll hopefully be in a new premises with a much better setup for the studio. Uh, we'll have learned a hell of a lot along the way. So we'll actually have great cable management and you know, all this stuff, which at the moment is a complete mess. Um, but yeah, and, and we'll be hopefully organizing uh, tournaments and sort of LAN events for Age of Empires, uh, Age of Empires 2, Age of Empires 3, Age of Empires 4, and maybe even other games as well, which we're interested in. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing the outcome. I'll definitely uh, <laughs> keep looking out for it. And is there anything out there that is absurd or just things that you enjoy doing that are quite unusual? Any habits perhaps that you know many other people don't know, don't necessarily know that about you? Hmm, absurd. Um, yeah, any habits <laughs> to think about that unusual one. things that you like to do that, you know, not many people know. <laughs> Is it just in general or sort of related to uh, work or sort of like... I what, guess in general. What guess context? In general, I guess personal in life. In general. Maybe? Yeah. 
Okay, let me think about that. Um, <laughs> something else. Yeah, everything up till now has come quite quickly, but this one's. Mm. No, sure. <laughs> I'll come back to it. Just I thought I'll, I'll think to... about it for a little bit. I'll keep <laughs> it in the back of my mind. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I mean, a... it's all relative, right? Like what I might consider totally normal might be crazy to some people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so I guess on a more serious note, um, have you ever failed? Do you have any like um, perhaps any favorite failures, and if you could share some lessons that you learned from those failures and what you learned? Oh yeah, so. Many, well, few people know this actually, but uh, I stepped away from Age of Empires 2 for a year and I made a, you know, I'm leaving Age of Empires 2 video um, saying that I will be uh, starting Escape Gaming and that I will not be doing Age of Empires 2 um, for the foreseeable future. And the reason that I did that is because Escape Gaming actually started as an esports team. It was not Age of Empires 2 related at all. It started out as a CSGO team and a Dota team. And I was managing and running uh, Escape Gaming and managing five CSGO players and five Dota 2 players. Um, and the Dota 2 team was actually very successful. They went to the International Six and they competed uh, in Seattle, Key Arena, on the main stage. Uh, and unfortunately, they did go out in the first round to Fnatic and lost the tournament um, at that stage. It was still an amazing experience for them and for me. Uh, they they walked away with a hundred thousand dollars, which you know for coming last joint last place is impressive. But you know, the work that they had to put in to get to that point is phenomenal. So, you know, I think finishing sixteenth to fourteenth or whatever it was in in TI is hugely uh, impressive. Anyway, um, but yeah, that that's what I was spent a year doing, and I learned a huge amount during that year mm. in the esports industry. Um, and it really changed my perspective when I came back to AOE2 a year later. But I guess that project did fail. That that project did not succeed. We, we're not still an esports team. We aren't some someone like Fnatic or uh, Team Secret or, uh, you know, Ninjas in Pajamas. You, you can you name it. Um, and we failed that because of a lack of understanding of the industry. Um, we failed to, to get partnerships. We failed to generate revenue um, with the teams that we had and we ended up pulling the plug on it once our dota team got an offer from another team and and parted ways so that was definitely something a, a you know a, a big complete change in what i was doing that didn't work out at all and it cost me a lot because that year that i left age of empires 2 was the year that twitch prime came in on on twitch and the year the age of empires 2 started to explode in popularity on twitch and youtube oh and that also just happened to be the year that i stepped away so it really um hurt me at the time to know that i'd, I'd sort of done this uh, in my opinion big mistake uh, but at the same time i learned so much and had some incredible experiences you know things experiences that i will remember for the rest of my life which i don't think i would have had if i'd stayed in age of empires for that year so you know it's bittersweet in the end because on one hand it was awesome on the other hand it was a failure and it cost me a lot in terms of the age of empires stuff uh, but going forward i learned a lot and made a lot of contacts in that year away and and that's definitely helped when it came to do age of empires 2 with escape and you know team secret now are partnered with an age of empires 2 team 
And I sort of put that deal together because I wanted to use my contacts and knowledge about the esports industry to try and legitimize AOE2 as well in the world of, the, of esports. So it actually benefit, benefited you in the long term, which is really cool to see. There's always there's always like a background story behind a failure and like the lessons you learned. So I was always, you know, curious to find out what, 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 what that was for you. And what do you do to relax? What do you do when you're not working? Like, do you have any favorite downtime that you like to do or, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um... Well, I mean, I, I love all sorts of things, um, but you know, one of the things for me is cooking. I love to cook, <laughs> um, and I, I love to cook for other people. I, again, it's it's that cre- I, I think it's it's a theme, right? It's like creating something um, for other people to enjoy. Uh, that's how I get my enjoyment in a way. And I, I had uh, a lot of guests over last week. Um, I cooked for eight, and it was awesome. We sat around, we played board games. They had homemade uh, korma, which I I I, I did. And uh, some burgers for lunch as well, which we grilled. And yeah, I mean, it's just, it's really great to just have people around. It's, we're still gaming, you know, we're playing board games. But yeah. nowadays, I just take a lot of pleasure in, in playing board games with people across the table rather than just playing in front of the screen. Mm. And I think that's something that a lot of people sort of are getting on board with as well. Um, there's no replacement for sitting around the table with your friends. So do you think there's always going to be a market for board games? Because I always thought, you know, um, online games, um, Steam and so on are just going to wipe out board games altogether. But you feel like there's always going to be a market for board games because it's a classic. Same with age. It's a classic. So board games are a classic. So you think there's always going to be a market? I think so. I think board games are definitely on the up in general. Mm. I think my generation is, is more interested in it as well. And who knows, maybe younger generations will become even more interested in board games. Um, the thing with board gaming is like it's it's a very social thing to do, but with the n- more modern board games which are coming out, they're extremely strategy-focused. Like There's a lot of very complex board games out there which you know, you can sit down and play. You can really feel like, oh, yeah, we've had a really good gaming session there. It wasn't just rolling dice and, you know, going through the motions. Like, we genuinely mm. had a challenge. And, and that's something that's awesome for me and definitely for my friend group as well. Um, yeah, I think that's 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 really cool. Um, and I think as well, the fact that you can do it, you know, in an hour to two hour session is nice. It gives you that closure. And I think a lot of games these days are designed to be sort of endless in a way. Like, you know, open world, you can play for hours and hours, and you never really get that closure necessarily, um, which I think, you know, you always get with a board gaming session. And you really feel like, yeah, we had a good gaming session. I can actually go to bed now and, you know, feel good about myself rather than just grinding in an MMO for seven hours and being like, right, okay, back back on that yeah, grind tomorrow. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> And I presume it's not all rainbows and sunshines. Like, what do you do when you feel overwhelmed or distressed or unfocused in general? Do you have a certain routine that you follow? Like, what do you do when you feel overwhelmed? Yeah, I've been... I felt very overwhelmed in the last few months. Uh, Very stressed out. Um, Just to give you an idea, with the last event we did, we had 125 people in our studio which we'd built and uh, there was four staff there was me and the three others running the stream running the show answering questions running around like headless chickens trying to keep everything from catching fire and going up in a plume of smoke (laughs) but um we we managed to just about 
pull through that and it was it was just so stressful um the only thing i could do during that time was just take a minute to just to myself to just stop and just breathe and just just take a, a couple of minutes here or there because I didn't really have much time at all to, to do anything else. Um, once the event was over, just crashing and just trying to just have some time to myself. Um, I'm one of those people that I, I love to, to you know do things with friends, meet new people. Uh, but at the end of the day, I just need to be by myself to just chill out. Um, and that's exactly what I did uh, yesterday. I hopped in my car and I drove for like six hours up to uh, the Peak District and just walked around in the, the mountains a little bit and, you know, just did it by myself because I just wanted that space and that freedom and uh, then came back and today uh, back to work. <laughs> yeah, I think I think like having time for yourself is super important because like, we're all so busy and I think taking care of your mental health is so important because you'll just be burnt out and you'll never be as productive as a, like and if you actually did take time for yourself you know you'd be more way more productive and you can get way more done so definitely I, yeah because i always had this impression that you know oh if i'm gonna have some time for myself i'll be missing out on this work opportunity and maybe yeah. i'll, I'll yeah. miss this project and this project but i i i, I kind of moved mm. away from that belief and i think that you know what you're doing like you know taking yeah. time for yourself is super important yeah, it might not come around all that often, but it's something you, you should absolutely try to do, I think. Mm. And, you know, it, it's it's very easy to get burned out and burnout is real. It does happen. And it's much better that you avoid a burnout by taking that time to, to just relax and, and have time to yourself than letting a burnout happen where you need like weeks to or in some cases months to like recover and get mm. over it. And you know, it's about being sustainable at the end of the day. No one can maintain, you know, 12 hour days for six months straight. Um, it just isn't possible. And you, you, you'll end up regretting it if you do that. So as tempting as it can be to just keep pushing and keep pushing and keep pushing, um, you really have to, to ease off at some points. And, and it's especially helpful for reflection as well, because you can really lose sight of what you're doing and where you're going if you don't actually step back and reflect. Um, and so I, I think at least for me, some of the biggest decisions that I've ever made have come in those times of like, you know, downtime, reflection and thinking about, you know, is this really the right way? Is this really the right thing to be doing? Hmm. Yeah, just to go back on the point of thinking, what do you think about during the, time that, during the downtime, I guess? Do you do you still think about work or is your mind completely off it or do you use it to be more creative, I guess? Like, what do you think about, you know, when you're going for a walk in the mountains or whatever? Yeah, I mean, I try and let my mind wander, really. Um, I try not to have like a focused agenda in my mind. I, I mean, I, I try not to think too much about work, but if it comes into my mind, then I will think about it and I will, um, you know, see those thoughts out. But yeah, I mean, it's really trying to, let your, your mind wonder and, and just try and not focus on one thing too much. Mm. I, I'd say that I do end up thinking a lot about life in general, mm. um, sort of like, you know, your aspirations, your goals, and sort of trying to assess where you are on that path. Um, and if you're really happy with, with where you are, uh, because, it, you know, I think if you have the opportunity to change something and, and you're not doing it, then um, it's a missed opportunity, right? Like, not everyone is fortunate enough to be yeah. in a position where they can just change 
Um, my mum, for example, she is in a job which she hates and she has been for a long time, but mm. she's also well paid and she recognizes that now is not the time for her to switch careers. She's getting older and her skill set is kind of very niche to what she's doing. And so changing now is almost too late for her and she's not in that position. So, you know, she can reflect on that and think about that. And I think her way of making up for that is to do more in her free time to fulfill herself. Um, and for me, I'm in the position where, you know, I, I'm, in, I'm young, I'm fortunate enough that I can change my path if I want to. And so I should try, if, if I'm in that position to do it, uh, to make the, those decisions now before it's too late, in a sense. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's a very good mindset to have. And if you could have dinner with anyone in the world at all, so it might be, it might be a person who's alive or dead, um, yep. who, who would that person be for you? Elon Musk. Elon Musk. What would you like to discuss? Yep. Uh, I mean, the the problem is everyone's already asked him all the questions. <laughs> yeah. I just kind of want to be there to... I, I kind of don't want to go with an agenda, if that was the case. Yeah. Um, and just see see what the, where the conversation leads, because I think he's someone who's very fascinating um, and has some very interesting ideas. Um, I'd love to sort of just... See where that brain. takes it, really. Uh, in that case, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, no, I think I think Elon Musk would be the person for me as well. Like the guy is very fascinating, mm. and yeah, just a lot of things. You yeah, can <laughs> I think talk with Elon. Musk, yeah, <laughs> in so many different areas. Yeah, yeah I'm very interested yeah. in space travel and things as well. But he, um, you know, he's a very controversial figure. He's done some things which I don't particularly agree with, not particularly a fan of. Um, but it doesn't change, like. You know, in terms of being a visionary, in terms of being someone who has come from a certain background and then managed to achieve what he has, I think that's very inspiring and something that, um, you know, would be an honor to sort of sit down and be able to discuss with him about anything. Mm. Yeah. And let's just say it is a billboard. And on that billboard, you can display a message, a quote, um, whatever you believe, maybe that's true. Yeah, a message, a quote, whatever. And anyone in the world can see this billboard. So if a per- if a random person on the street just looks up at the sky, they can see this billboard and there is Zach's message to the world. What would you put up <laughs> on that billboard? Um, at the danger of sounding kind of cliche, uh, I think just don't give up. Um, I think a lot of people uh, feel that the odds are stacked against them. Um, that things are, are tough and I think things are pretty tough um, you know I think uh, generation below below ours I think they they have it very tough for them uh, in the future um, and I think that it's very easy to to feel like ah you know I just I'm just gonna give up I'm just gonna just throw my, my dreams aside and, and try and um, you know just try and survive and I think that you should never lose sight of where you're trying to go. And, and if there's something you really want to do, you might not be there now um, and you might not be there for a long time, but don't give up trying to get there because I think um, if, if, if it's something that, you know, you're really passionate about and you, you have it within you to, to do it and you can there actually. Hmm. Well, I think it's a good opportunity to wrap up the podcast. But before we do... Is there anything out there that you would like to say to listeners, ending it all, maybe a message, maybe a 
a project that you're working on ending it all they'd like to mention to the listeners uh, I'd say something along the lines of uh, if you're a fan of Age of Empires 2, then uh, definitely check out what's going on in the Age of Empires community. It's still a very active community. A lot of people still playing the game. And, um, you know, it, it, I kind of have to say it, right? Like, it's been my, my mission for a long time to spread the word. Uh, Age of Empires 2 is still alive and uh, it's still going strong. So uh, check it out. It's still a lot of awesome things to come and uh, can't wait to to try and achieve even more in the future with with the channel and uh, with escape zach it was a pleasure talking to you thank you so much for coming on the show really appreciate it thank you uh yeah it's been a good time uh, great questions by the way um <laughs> well i didn't know what to expect but um yeah really nice questions stuff that you know is is it's not too difficult to answer, but also kind of leads in a certain direction, which is very nice. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, it'd be pretty cool if you shared it with your friends or anyone else who you think would benefit from it. You can find all the show notes by going to the website chasingpassion.e. That is chasingpassion.e. Thank you for listening today, and I hope you enjoyed the episode.